Hi, I'm Andy. Hi, I'm Nuke. And we're the co-hosts for the Kings of Hearts podcast. Hey guys, welcome to another episode on the King of Hearts podcast. We are so grateful that you made time to tune in and we are sure you'll find value in today's episode. Today, Chris Harden is joining us. We've gotten to know Chris through Clubhouse, through one of the clubhouses he runs called Mental Health in You. In this episode, Chris shares with us how he has navigated through battling with alcohol, how he continues to navigate through recovery and what that looks like to him on a daily basis. And Chris touches on this concept that I love. I didn't love myself, so I numbed myself and how he continues to do the work of mental health, of recovery, and of being of service to others. So sit back, take notes, and turn up the volume. Later, guys. Hey, KOH fam. Welcome to another podcast episode with myself, Andy, and our guest, Christopher, from Clubhouse. (laughs) And... (laughs) Just random conversations on Instagram. Um, it's good to have you on this on this podcast episode, Chris. I'm super. I'm very very glad to be here, and it's been awesome to, to get to know the two of you a little bit here. And I'm I'm just excited and grateful for the opportunity to kind of dive into whatever we get into right now. So I'm super super grateful to be here. Awesome, Chris. Uh, before we get in here, Chris and I we we met on Clubhouse and through a mutual contact and then that led to Instagram and now to just great conversation back and forth. And he has an amazing story and wanted to get him on the podcast to share. So Chris, I hope you're ready to get vulnerable. Hope you're ready to talk <laughs> and uh, oh, let's get it. Here, here we go. Brother. Open it up. Let's go. Let's get it flowing. I got nothing to hide. Let's, let's, let's get it going. I absolutely love it. Yeah. It's been, it's been great that, you know, in this, um, in these communities, you know, through social media to be able to, to create a connection. And even though we're, we're in, I think three different time zones right now to be able to kind of come together and still be, uh, have that common thread that really connects us. And I think that's a, that's a care for discussing mental health, not being afraid to be vulnerable and kind of get inside these spaces. So yeah, it's a, it's a real treat for me to be here today and to be able to get to know the two of you. So thank you. Yeah. Likewise, brother. Let's, uh, let's do a KOH style. Let's take, let's all take a deep breath together and then check in with, uh, with each one of the guys, each, each one of us and see how we're all doing presently. So yeah, let's get all seated, connect with our breath. We're going to do a big inhale together into the nose. Nice release outwards. Exhale through the mouth. Nice. Awesome. So before we get two, three, maybe four layers deeper, Christopher, what is feeling present for you in this moment? Mm. It was starting my day with intention, um, being actually in, in creating an intention today that I wanted to make sure that I stayed present. So I love the fact that you said that. So for me this morning, it was starting off my day with yoga and it was connecting a mind body 
type of, um, you know, connection, if you would right there, make sure that my breath's attached or kind of a, with, with my, uh, with, with, with my body and kind of with my thoughts, if you would. And at times, you know, just to slow it down, stay with where I am. And yeah, just being very intentional about that today. And it was important for me to do that. So yeah, I'm just focused in to be here with the two of you. Um, and we were even just talking about this a little bit earlier today. That was my number one intention heading into this weekend was to stay present uh, and not to worry about what might be coming just to be right here right now. So I'm glad, I'm glad that that's where you're starting with this as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks for sharing that. That's so awesome, man. I'll go next. Yeah. What's present for me right now is flexibility. Uh, I, I keep my Fridays open and, you know, part, a part of me wants it to be in control structure to look a certain way. But I actually had to set the intention this morning too, just like you, Chris. And it's like, no, my intention is flex Friday. And it's like, whatever is wanting to be here now, I have to honor that. Mm. And so my day is, you know, it's, there's a lot of flexibility today. I'm, I'm being extra conscious around self-judgment, around how things should be in my mind. And I'm just appreciating it all. So but yeah, that's what's present for me. Over to you, Nuke. Got it. Thanks, brother. Um... You know, for me, I would say, honestly, I was excited to meet you, Chris, like in person. <laughs> I know, it's <laughs> great. That don't know, we've only connected virtually, you know, and so I feel like it's, it has been a long time coming. It's just, it was, it's been a natural progression towards this, I feel. And um, it just, it feels right to have you on this podcast and just to continue uh, this conversation and dialogue. So feeling that. Uh, and then I had a coffee with a friend earlier today. And we were just talking about just making sure our our relationships with the people that we choose to uh, do life with are just intentional and they're sharp. And uh, that really is re- resonating with me in the season that I'm in. And so, yeah, that's definitely on my heart. So that's where I'm at, boys. Love that. Yeah. So to get into this conversation a little bit deeper, Chris our interactions with you have been around the the overall topic of mental health. Right. And we want to, we want, I want to touch on that a little bit. You know, what has mental health, what does that mean for you in your own life in this stage, in this chapter? For, For me, what that, what that, what that is and what that means, it's, it's not being afraid to talk about it, right? It, it's getting into these spaces where we can start to, again, we even say this word a lot now, but strip away that stigma of it, right? To start to enter these spaces to um, to talk about, again, what maybe we've gone through, what we're going through, um, fears, things that we love. So for me, mental health, it's it's, it's a dialogue um, for me almost right now, just right now when I when I hear that and when I think about that, I think that again, there's there's a, an intentionality behind it as well. So with with myself and one of the things I'm sure we'll get into is, you know, I've shared like in terms of my recovery journey, right? And and through my recovery um, of being recovering, you know, from alcohol abuse, it's one of the things I realized the first few years, say I was sober and I was in my recovery and I was going about a hundred miles an hour but I realized a couple of things kind of jarred it that there was some stuff underneath the surface that I hadn't really been working on. Right. And so one of my very best friends, who's a licensed therapist, she made a comment to me, we would get together every, every month and we would have 
you know, lunch or dinner together. And it was in a certain, in a certain sense, kind of like my own therapist, but she made a comment the one day she's like, Chris, you know, a therapist needs a therapist too, because I was asking her what she was getting into, you know, as well. And I said, well, I never thought about it that way. And I was like, well, then I want to go to your therapist, you know, because she, she was so wise and everything that she would share with me. And so it was really, once I started that journey, almost four years ago, realizing how important it was to be working with somebody else that could help just help me. Right. And sometimes be intentional about what we were going to dive into. And then other times just letting it just open up and see what's really there. And so this has been a path that I've been on for about four years that I've been sharing pretty openly, I would say. Um, so not to ramble too much, but that's kind of where we're at today. And I'm sure there's different layers to that as well. But that's, you know, for me, it's just really important uh, that we uh, that we're able to find these spaces to be able to talk about them and hopefully uh, allow people to, to to trust us that if they just want to to vent or maybe talk to us that we can provide an ear just to listen for them as well. So, yeah. Brother, that's so good. I love that. Um, and I love that you've brought up your... Um, your recovery. And, and I, I want to, I, I want to address that. Can you, can you walk us through um, like how, how that came to be like you being involved with alcohol, your relationship, your dynamic, and then like what, what instigated the change, right. And what that looked like for our listeners who may or may not be struggling with that or someone that they know. Yeah, this is uh, th this this could get long and wordy, and I don't want to I don't want to ramble too long here, but I definitely want to keep it on track. So so help me if I get a little bit, you know, if I bump the uh, uh, just the, the the guidelines or just bump bump the sides of this thing because I want to stay as focused as possible, but um, make sure that my words words hit here. So for me, I, you know, I guess for, I'm, I'm a recovering alcoholic. I own it. I love it. Um, and you know, that's who I'm. What I am. How I got there and where we're at today. I mean, this is a process that started seven years ago on May 12, 2014. For me, I I, uh, I had a relationship with alcohol that wasn't that wasn't healthy. Um, and again, this is where I want to try to stay focused and not bounce back and forth. But we are. We're going to work backwards here. On 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 May 10th of 2014, uh, a person that I you know, the girlfriend that that I was dating. Um, you know, we, we had recently kind of broke up and she brought over some things of mine to my place. We're kind of exchanging. We we're in a good place. Right. And when she dropped off all of these, you know, just things of mine and to, to get mine, I was so drunk the night before, that I actually never answered the door. Didn't even know she came blackout drunk. It was kind of a thing that I went through for almost like the last year and a half for me, uh, in terms of my, uh, active addiction. I mean, I was just blackout drunk every night. So when she first came over to drop off the stuff, I didn't come to the door. You know, I woke up, found all my things outside the door, but I never gave her hers back. Called her a couple hours later, she came over and the look of disgust that she had with me, the look of absolute just, um, just didn't know. I've never had anyone look at me that way. I've never had anybody just look at me with, didn't want to come by me. That was just disgusted that just, it broke me. There's no other way to say it. And after she left, I remember looking myself in the mirror and I didn't recognize the person that I was. And then I proceeded to go on a two, two day bender, an absolute two day bender by myself, just tore up from the floor up. And, um, it was mother's day that weekend. My grandmother had given me, she was the closest person in my life, this plate, this, this plate that, uh, that I had actually had broken, uh, in that, 
um, that she had brought by my ex-girlfriend had brought back to me. She brought this back to me because she had glued it together. Okay. So she glued it together. And this plate meant a lot to me as a ceremonial type of plate. And I had put it up to remind myself, my grandmother, that same weekend. And the reason I want to share this too, was all of a sudden I had my windows open that weekend through my apartment and I've been struggling. I'm kind of on this bender. And all of a sudden this wind came and it shattered the plate after she glued it all together. And it was almost like this analogy, like what was happening with my life? It just kind of fell apart again. And I just proceeded to go on this, this wild bender uh, and woke up the next morning and maybe trigger warning for anybody here. But I actually had feelings of, of potentially taking my life. And I'd never been that low in my life. I'd never had those thoughts before in my life. But I recognized in that moment that that wasn't me, that there was something here that I had to really work on. And I called a friend of mine who I admired a lot, who had been sober for a few years. And I said, please help me, please, please, please help me. And that night, uh, you know, went to my first ever AA meeting, cried in the arms of a stranger. Stephen, thank you. Uh, and he served as my first, uh, served as my first, uh, if you would, uh, sponsor didn't last very long because um, you know, I needed to find somebody a little bit you know, stronger than Stephen. Stephen was there for me that first day. But I want to go backwards a little bit from that. So that's kind of how we got there. There's a lot of layers to that, though. It wasn't the six times I was arrested for drugs and alcohol that woke me up. It wasn't the failed relationships that woke me up. It wasn't any of these other things. People telling me, maybe you have a problem, right? I was high functional, like super high functional. Like I was the type of person uh, that would get drunk, black out the night before, but still had my alarm up and would go to the gym first thing in the morning. I mean, like, one time I've joked about this, I blacked out and did my taxes. I would like black out and do these things and justify my behavior by doing things that were productive. I would often wake up to my apartment being very clean. No idea how it got that way. And so I kind of like tease and make fun of these things now. But for me, it was this, it, it's a disease, you know, it's, it's really is, it's a disease. And it started because I worked in the hospitality industry and, you know, what was light usage, I would say just drinking or smoking cannabis with friends and peers or whatnot, you know, with people turned then into, well, I'm just going to do it at home. It's a long night, right. And drinking by myself or whatnot. And it was kind of this, this path that it didn't happen overnight. It was real gradual over the course, I would say of, you know, uh, 11, 12 years, really, you know, and there were, there were, there were, there were seasons of that where maybe I'd be good or I'd get scared and I wouldn't drink that much. And, but again, you know, I would say get arrested and all this shit ended up being, it's kind of funny. We won't get into it all here, but a lot of those, because it was just really things I did to myself. Fortunately, it wasn't, you know, doing anything to anyone else. But when I would reflect back on these type of situations that I would get myself into, I could always rationalize it. I could always be like, oh, well, it's just because of this, right. Or, Oh, that only happened. You know, the reason they pulled me over was because of this. And I would always find reasons, right? Or charm my way out of it and try to just talk my way out of whatever I could do. I remember once talking my way out of, I should have gone for six months to an alcohol abuse program, talked my way out of it, got it, got it reduced down to a two week, you know, presented one thing, really, I was a whole nother thing. And so I think for me, it was just this active addiction for many years that I hid, you know, most people, when I finally did, you know, come clean and just kind of, you know, started working a program of recovery, the people that I would disclose it to, a lot of them were a little surprised, like, wow, we didn't know it was that bad because I hit it so well. I was so high functional. Again, I'd be doing other productive things, never lost my job. You know, most of those arrests I talked about were silent. I didn't tell anybody. They weren't like life-changing, you know, um, you know, big type of things. They're all just embarrassing, dumb, you know, pardon me, but dumb shit I would do to myself, you know? And, and so anyways, so again, that's why I just don't want to bounce around too much here, but there was just this, this path and this, you know, just a, I don't want to ramble too much. Just this path I was on for, for many years. 
And that's, that's what kind of led to this. But then it was, it was again, that look, that way that she looked at me, that led me down that path that said, I don't ever want somebody to look at me that way again. I don't want to be, that's not who I am. That's not the person that I am. And I made a promise to myself that I was going to do whatever it took to get out of that situation. And, and that's what, you know, what I started to do one day at a time, you know, and, uh, and for me, that wasn't easy. The first 30 days, you know, I've talked about this many a times. I mean, I couldn't have done it without just a lot of strong people around me, a lot of people that help support me, a lot of people just listen to me when I needed just someone to a shoulder to cry on or someone to talk to. Cause you know, it's hard when you, when you, you just pull yourself off of, you know, chemicals like that. I mean, there's, there's withdrawals and all sorts of just, you know, you're, you're a mess, you know? And so, so for me, I couldn't have done it without those first, those, you know, those people, I, I left my job even, you know, end up draining my savings account. Like I, I was like, I'm, I can't, I am all in on this. Cause I can't go back. I can never, ever, ever go back to that man again, you know? And, uh, and yeah. And so that's, that's what started me, I guess, you know, on this journey of, of recovery and yeah, just, I appreciate that. So what else can I answer well, I, I guess, I, about that? Yeah, yeah no, this is good. <laughs> just no, a ramble. I, I, yeah. I honor your journey, you know, I honor your journey because it, it's led you here in this moment right now with the two of us, right? Exactly. However dark it was. And, you know, I, I was listening to your story there and, it, you know, one of the things, one of the questions that came through me right now is like, what, what were some of the feelings, like the emotions that you, if you were to reflect back, like what were some of the emotions that you did not want to feel? Like, was it, what, were there emotions that you wanted to be like, no, I can't feel that. I don't want to feel that. I don't know how to feel that. So I'm going to drink instead. Like, wh- yeah. What were those feelings or those emotions? I love that question. Absolutely love it. Um, what I realized through that all, what I realized through, through my, my recovery and my sobriety was I didn't love myself, period, point blank at all. Did not love or accept myself. And I tried to be something that I thought everyone else wanted me to be, right? Or, you know, that's really it. I just wanted to be something else um, that I wasn't. And, um, you know, and again, I would I would justify it by, again, maybe the jobs I would have or the women I would date or this, you know, facade of, of nothing that I would chase, you know, and, um, you know, wearing that kind of cloak, you know, because really the person inside was just deathly afraid you know, um, didn't know who he was, was afraid, you know, um, of so many things, you know, uh, so yeah, so that's, that's kind of for me, right. Where, you know, initially, and then, you know, diving in further through the years, you know, understanding, you know, in my journey, a little bit of like abandonment issues, you know, uh, in terms of, you know, through dating, you know, why I was attracting the same people, why I still had unhealed parts of my own self kind of through love addiction or these kind of things, bring them close and you get to a certain point and push people away. And just, so just starting to really do a lot of work. Um, but that work couldn't have started, um, you know, until I started to, to really work a program and start to, to get, you know, um, to, to be sober, really, just to be honest with you. So, but there were so many other feelings if I was to try to just target a, a couple others. But I mean, that, that to me is the biggest was I just didn't, I didn't love and accept myself. And through that came so many other different types of, um, you know, emotions too. And, and I was afraid to, I think, I feel and ex- express those emotions, um, you know, so I would just, you know, use or drink and drug and just numb myself constantly. Yeah, like that that love part is so it's so fascinating because I think everybody at some degree or or at different types of textures, you know, we lack self-love a little bit. Uh at least on a on a self-growth journey, you kind of come to realize that, right? And 
you know, one of the things that uh, for me was that I didn't know how. I didn't know how, and I didn't surround myself with people that were looking for ways to do the same. Right. And I'm just so, I'm just feeling so happy that 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 came around for you, even though it, it took the time that it did for you and through the, you're traversing different peaks and dark valleys for yourself, but you've arrived, right? Like if you were to feel something now, like what's the, what's the texture of the feeling now that you feel about your journey? Gratitude. That's number one. Just gratitude. That's it. I'm I'm grateful for it all. Are you kidding me? I wouldn't be here right now in this moment with the two of you. If it wasn't for all this, how cool. I mean, literally my, the hair sticks up in my arms. I mean, that's, that's it for me. I, I mean, I can't go back and change any of it. So all I can do is just learn, right. Grow and embrace it. You said it right there too. I want to speak to that was surrounding myself with, with, with the right people. Cause I wasn't. You know, and there's people that enable that kind of behavior. The industry I was in was very enabling of it. And so for me, I had to, you know, you lose people. But I, that's the that was part of one of the things that I was very willing to do when I realized that this was the path I was on, that some of these old habits, friends, uh, that lifestyle could not exist anymore with the one that I was on. And, and I embraced that. I knew that that would probably be lonely at times, hard at times. But man, Andy, I mean, just I'm grateful, like so grateful for it all because, yeah, I, I you know, I wouldn't want to go through it again, but I would, you know, just to, to have the perspective that I have today. Uh, and, and again, hopefully be able to just share my story and uh, all the different layers of that with others to, to realize, that you know, you're not alone. I thought so much of myself was probably just felt like I was alone, you know, like, no, nobody else can probably feel this way when you realize so many other people do, you know, and, you know, finding and building community uh, with like minded people, I think is so, so crucial to our um yeah, to our help. Chris, absolute magic, dude. And I wrote down a handful of stuff. And I really, I, I, what I really liked was I didn't love myself, so I numbed myself. Mm-hmm. And I think we can all relate to that, right? Like that is a big piece because then after that, it's like then insert whatever addiction, right? And we can all relate to that. Like, and that can be whatever it can be drugs, sex, and alcohol. It can be going to the gym. It could be like, and that's the thing, like it it can look like whatever. And sometimes like, and you said it yourself, like you were still high functioning. Right. And so at the end of the day, like numbing can look like it can, like we can be very good at creating in our mind, like, Oh, like I'm still healthy. I'm still good. Exactly. It's realizing that in the day we are numbing some part of ourselves Right. And, and I love that you were able to catch that. And so I, I, I just wanted to speak to that. And, and then the other piece was that promise to myself. I love that, you know? And so, so my question here is how are you honoring yourself by keeping that promise? Like, what does that look like day in and day out? Cause that's to me, that's the big piece. Right. Can you speak to that? Yeah, I love the thank you for that. It's uh, intentionality is number one is, you know, is, I mean, just being intentional. I think for, for myself, it's having a routine. I've, re- I've realized I, I need a routine. I need structure. Um, Andy, you said this at the very beginning, and, and this is it. Uh, it's very much, again, going back to how we started this conversation, you know, like 
having intention to be present today, no matter what's going to come our way. I just want to be open to it, however it flows and goes. Right. And so for me, it's creating and being non-negotiable with my time for me in the morning. I've realized for me how important sleep hygiene is, how what we do at night, but also in the morning, you know, because like whatever's going to happen in the middle of the day is going to happen. But I can control that morning part and probably control that end of the night part. And if we get ourselves into a good routine there, that allows, at least my experience, has allowed the rest of whatever's going to happen to kind of flow. So for me, it's 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 getting myself at night ready to wake up in the morning. And it's for me, it's getting up and going. And, and I'm very much still enjoying my weightlifting. It's a huge part of it's been for the whole time. Again, part of the things that you know, uniquely you're just saying, like, I would rationalize my drinking because I wouldn't skip the gym. I mean, I'm sure you could deep scroll on the Instagram and you'd see, well, he must be drinking there, but he looks like he was working out or, you know, whatever it is. And I would rationalize rationalize and just be able to justify, no, I'm good, man. I'm still, you know, I'm doing these things like, no, you know, you meal prepped while you were high, you know, yesterday, like you were getting drunk and doing these other things like cool, man, you know, but like you were still not, you know, you get it. Um, and so I think just for, for me, just to answer the question, it's just being intentional. It's creating, there's three things also. So these are the other three things that I've realized through my journey too, that are so, so valuable here that I think that we need a daily practice with physical fitness, like a mental, let's just say mental fitness, mental health, and then a spiritual practice. I think those three things are going to look different probably to everybody, but those three things, when they kind of can intersect and you can be intentional about those things. What I find is when I'm in these goods, when I'm in a season, like I am right now that I'm, you know, things have slowed down for me. I'm being very intentional about how I move through my morning and how I, you know, create time at the morning and at the end of the night, that allows then again to whatever's going to happen. So again, it's not perfect every day, right? It's progress every day. So, you know, but I think if you're building up good habits and good routines, right? And all of a sudden, maybe one day something pops up a little bit. Maybe you miss a little bit of something. You're able to still hop up. You're not beating yourself. Oh, but you know, I didn't meditate this morning. It's okay. You meditated the last six days in a row. Like come back. Maybe you'll create some time later in the day. Right. And so that's, yeah, that's, that's really for me, uh, if that makes sense. That structure allows me to then have that part of my life to control. And that that allows my toolbox now of dealing with life, my toolbox, um, yeah, to handle all those things. Yo, dude, I, I can jam about this stuff all day. I'm mm-hmm. a morning, evening routine nerd, man. Yeah, yeah like that. Yeah. And I, I, love, I love that this has come into your life as a gift and, and as a non-negotiable because you know, when we can get our morning, I'm just going to piggyback on what you're saying here. It's like, we can get on top of our morning and evening rituals and routines. What we're doing is we're, we're tuning, we're getting in tune with ourselves, with our center, with home base. And when we're center and we're operating from home base, we're operating with an open heart and a clear mind and a and a vibrating soul spirit. You said it, mind, body, spirit. You know, always says is humans were made of three parts, right? And man, I feel like the universe, you know, does one of these. <laughs> we're, yeah. and we're attuned with ourselves because yeah. when we become so much more aware of all the subtleties of life, we can fall in love with the simple, the simplest things about life. You know, that's, at least that's what, that's something that's, that's been really big for me in, in, in getting and committing to morning and evening routines. So I resonate deeply, man. So that's, that's what I want to say. I love that. And can I just say just what you said, like, it's the little things, right? And so what I've, this is just my experience now that I've realized the little things are things that often mean the most to me. And now uh, in, in so many ways, I've 
really become very minimalist with how I live my life. doesn't mean I still don't like maybe want something that's nice, but I don't live for those things anymore. Truly, truly. I really, the less I have, the more, you know, the happier I am. And it's not a line because so often it's been my experience. We pursue this. I need that. This will bring me happiness. I need this thing. Right. And we just try to get all of these different, that's not really where the happiness in my experience is. And it's those little things, those little moments, like when we're present and something just pops up and reveals itself, like maybe you're walking down the street and something happens, but you're not like over here thinking about this and you know, not saying you wouldn't have your headphones on, but you know, like you're just so focused on, on this instead of being open to present that what could be right there in front of you. And who knows what that exchange could be uh, or whatever it could be, if that makes any sense at all. So it's just the less I have, the, the more really I think I have and the happier I am. Um, and it just, it leads to the simpler that I, I my life gets. Um, yeah. I just, it, it, I'm just that much happier if that makes any sense. So I, I love what you just said there. It does make a lot of sense. Less, but deeper. Yes, exactly. To go deeper with less. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's like instead of instead of going wide horizontally, let's let's live vertically, right? Let's get let's find some depth. Like yeah. you know, like eating a spicy meal. Let's like let's let's embrace that that spice. You start sweating, your nose starts running, you're eating something really spicy, like own that experience. You know, like we ah man, I love it. This is I'll stop there. You yeah, know, I feel like you want to <laughs> This is awesome. Uh, so Chris, I want to, I want to ask you something here with regard to, you know, your journey, your recovery. And my question is to the old you mm -hmm. or somebody going through what you went through in the past, what advice, what perspective would you give them knowing what you know? And I know you've hinted at a couple of things here, surround yourself with good people and talk to someone else. What mm -hmm. else would you say to them? Uh, don't ignore that little voice that is maybe just don't ignore a little voice uh, or, or gut instinct that you feel could be right. But maybe the others around you don't see it and you maybe ignore that, but you had maybe a calling or an instinct again to follow a certain path. Right. Um, that's a, that's a big one for me too. So often we're afraid, at least it's been my experience when if I was talking to my younger self, I was sometimes afraid you know, I've always been independent, not afraid to make a move. For example, you know, I've moved across the country a couple of times, you know, with intention. I've been grateful to do that. Other, you know, maybe other people couldn't do that. So I'm not afraid to take a chance. But at the same time, there have been opportunities maybe where I, I didn't go down a path. Maybe I did later, but I didn't go down it earlier because I was almost afraid of what other people would think. Right. So it's almost what I would say is put blinders on. So what anyone else's judgment is, if, if you think in your heart, in your heart, that it's the right thing to do um, very, very quick. And I was thinking about this a little bit earlier today, too. When I was 19 years old and I'm 40 now, when I was 19 years old, I went to go see Zig Ziglar, where he was like the first motivational like person, whatever. And he was old when I was 19. But I remember this because I remember like. Being so excited, no one in my age group, no one I hung out with was like, why do you want to go to this thing, right? But I remember being present in this moment and him like, talking to this whole crowd, like about whatever he was talking about. There was something he's like, can you imagine if you could go back to your 20 year old self today? What would you tell your 20 year old self? And how would you go down this path? And I remember being like, I'm not even 20 yet. Right. And I had all this like, like momentum in me after this, this like, com like this wonderful day and just like learning so much. And like, I like this spark was in me. But let me give you a real example, like pull it back to what my young self did that night, because I was afraid to just sit at home and my first apartment had a friend come over and we smoked a big joint 
you know, and all of a sudden that momentum for, for everything that I knew that in my heart, like there was this thing in there, gentlemen, that I was like, yo, you got to go down this path right now. Like I felt in light, but then it was like, ah, eh. then the next day, a little bit less and a little bit less. So that's the one thing I would just encourage anybody else. If you feel something, you're like, Hey man, this feels right. Maybe this is kind of like walking closer to my purpose or something that really has some intentionality behind it. Like why I want to do this. I would encourage uh, if you can't, I'm pretty passionate about that. So you can't change the past, but I guess I would have learned of just to ignore all the noise and just stay hyper-focused on if something does feel right. And I think the other thing would just be, um, yeah, I guess that would really be it. Like, and then you, you kind of just touched on it, you picked it up, you knew cool, was uh, about just surrounding yourself with others that are also like-minded and, and being, again, unapologetic for what that looks like to other people. That could even be family. Um, what is what I've learned too is, you know, it may, it's my life to live though. And if I'm feeling fulfilled and, you know, love and, you know, community and just all of these positives, right. And it, I don't know, like, and it's over here. I think that's okay too. If that makes any sense at all, you know, I just, what I've realized is our family isn't, I love them. They're, you know, they're blood, but they're not perfect. And they're on their own path and their own journey as well. And I can't, you know, I can't expect them to know what's best for me on my path. Like, I don't know exactly what's best for them, but all we can do is just love each other, support each other. And um, yeah, that's, that's it. So yeah, that's, that's what I would say to my younger self. Sorry for the ramble. <laughs> no, please. No, I, I love rambles, man. Like it, it actually gives the Nuka and I more, more uh, ways in. <laughs> So, you know, you do, you do a lot of work right now um, with mental health and you. And, you know, would you say that's your way of, of giving back right now and of being of service? Like what, one of the Kings of Hearts, we have four pillars, four, four core values as a part of our organization. Uh, number one is awareness. Number two is character. Third is vulnerability. And fourth is service. Mm. Tell us a little bit more about like, your why, your why behind mental health and you. Absolutely. And, you know, just for anyone that might be with that too. So that's over on clubhouse, you know, so on the old clubhouse app with the, with the mental health and you, and I, I'm first and foremost, just grateful for uh, Simone Lachey and Ernest Bernie for allowing me to be like an administrator and help work with the three of it's the three of us who help run this club over there. I love the service part. One of the things that I, I realize when I look at my own path, let's just say through recovery, that's one of the pillars of recovery too. You know, I, the, when I've had the seasons where I've been the most fulfilled when I've had the, the the times in my life I reflect on that were just the most engaged, it's through service, right? It's it's through sharing that and, and, and being there for others or creating space and just doing whatever that is, right? It's a big, big, uh, very general way to say things. Um, for, for me though, the why over there is simply just to create space, non-judgmental space for someone to share their voice and to, tr and do everything that we can do to control, that we can control, uh, curating that space and, you know, bringing a topic that others might feel comfortable to enter inside that space or room to, to talk about. So it's very simple for me. So the mental health and use a big one. I'm also like an administrator with the sobriety club that really ties into the service aspect. That one is the club that I'm in you know, right now, the most in, in regards to daily rooms that I run. And because we have, we have more, let's call it programming over there. Um, you know, almost every hour we have a different room that's going on and we say all the time, we're not a replacement for therapy. We're not a replacement for a program, but what we are is a resource and an opportunity to, to come together to share our journey and our stories and help each other. And I think that's truly what it is for me, no matter where I'm at on clubhouse, there's a lot of 
a lot of nuggets all over the place. People are dropping that I pick up all the time. You know, some of my favorite authors are over there that I follow. Uh, you know, a guy like Brendan Bouchard's over there. Who I'm a huge fan of every time he speaks. I'm like, let me follow him. But really for me, my intention there is just to create those spaces to learn from, because I, I sit back and listen more than I talk. And I just, I learn every day um, from, from other people sharing what, what, what they do and what they go through. So I'm just grateful. So grateful for, um, the opportunity and the, the trust to be able to operate those spaces in both of those clubs. So that's, and that's the number one thing for me is just, uh, just how, how grateful I am to, to do that. I think, I think that's something that the three of us have in common is that we, we love to listen more than we talk, mm. you know, and, and that's, that's such an amazing gateway to learn more, to open ourselves up, uh, to not always be the one in the spotlight. Right. Uh, and this, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to throw a question on the table. This question is for both of you. Um, what's something new that you've learned from someone else uh, uh, that you didn't, that was unexpected for you? It was a surprise. You're like, oh, whoa. Like that's, you know, that's an interesting lesson. I didn't expect to hear that from, from this platform or from this person. If you guys were to, to check in, like, what, what would that be mm. for you? Is there anything? I've got one that jumps to mind if I can. Uh, really just jumps to mind because it's become, yeah, it's become something now that I've echoed multiple times in multiple different rooms, um, throughout, because again, sometimes somebody will just drop this pearl of wisdom and you're like, you know, like what you just said in five words, I've been saying in seven paragraphs. And so it's, it's as simple as this gratitude and resentment. They can't live in the same place. And they, and when you have that mindset, you know, cause I I've always considered myself to be someone who, you know, I have a gratitude journal practices it. But when that for me, light bulb clicked, like, cause we all have moments. Like I had a day last week that was about as, you know, and I kept trying to shift my focus back to what I was grateful for. I'm grateful for the very simple breath I have. I have my five senses, right? I can put one foot in front of the other. I tried to focus at first for me, when I, when I talk about gratitude or what I'm grateful for on the things that are simply right here that are right present within me. Right. And there's love in my life. I have, you know, friendships in my life and I'm not even talking about material things. There's a roof over my head. I have a car to drive like that. Then we start stacking up. You're like how blessed we are. Right. So that's, I guess the one thing that even though I've been on this, this kind of journey, it was that phrasing, that framing of it, of when I have those things where maybe I'm feeling sorry for myself or I'm getting upset about something that I want to control that I can't, I've just taken a step back. Cool, man. You know what I mean? Letting it go. I can only focus on what I can control. So that's that I'll throw up down to you, Nuka, but Andy, that's, that's, that for me is what jumps to mind. Thanks. I received that baton. Uh, <laughs> that's a great question, Andy. And thanks for your response, Christopher. I love that. For me, I would say it's, it's actually, it's two things. And one of them, Chris, is what you said earlier. Like I didn't love myself. So I numbed myself. Like I, I, I need to marinate on that because it's like, yeah, um, yes, I may be doing all of these high functioning things. However, am I using that as an excuse not to sit with whatever I need to heal, process, do an audit on? So high fives and butt taps to you, brother. Thank you for that. Um, and then the other one was on another podcast with a buddy just what he said was just the ability to step back and just assess everything before making a decision. And I really love that. And I've been doing that a lot now, just making sure that um, 
old programming and old tape players aren't getting in the way of my thought process. And so when I'm able to step back and be like, okay, hearing it, mindful of what's happening. Now, what does Yunukwa sitting here in 2021 want to do? Oh, okay, boom, got it. Now I can move forward. So that ability just to stop, pause, and take a step back and evaluate everything has definitely, I would say, is something that I've learned. So uh, yeah, th- those would be my two. Andy, passing the ball. We got the Zoom thing down. <laughs> that was good. That was really good. That was good, right? Yeah. For, for those listening right now, we did a little handoff on a, on the camera on Zoom. That's what we do. You know who kind of stole mine? <laughs> that we were on the same podcast talking to Colin about resilience around stepping back. But the other one that comes to mind for me is I, I don't remember who it came from. I don't even remember where I read it, but it still stuck with me. This was probably last week. And it was around getting in our own way and how much time we spend trying to identify external people and things and situations um, that get in our way when we don't reevaluate and look at how we're getting in our own way first. I think, I think that's such an amazing check-in. And it was such a huge reminder for me to be like, stop playing victim, Andy. Stop looking outwards to see what's wrong. Start looking inwards to see what can be better. Mm. Right? We get in our own way so, 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 so often. Um, And sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it's disguised. It's disguised as someone else doing something to us or a situation causing us to feel a certain way. But if we look deep enough, it's, it's our own narratives and our own stories and our own traumas. And that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all, but can we, can we take ownership? Can we take ownership over that truth? So that was a huge one for me this past week or so. Mm. Yeah. I like that. I do. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. I want to jump on here and yeah, I love Chris, what you said earlier around, um, mental health and you and clubhouse and all of these great services that we have. And, and, and what you said was, it's not a replacement. It's a, it's something else alongside what you're already doing. And I absolutely love that. And that's something like with King of Hearts, we've always promoted and said, like, we are not therapists. We are not psychologists. We are not trying to take anything away from what you're doing all we're trying to do and you said it as well is just create a safe space for individuals to have tough vulnerable conversation and i really wanted to hammer that home because i think that is a beautiful place to be um it is adding another tool to the tool belt it's not taking anything away from what you're currently doing and so that really resonated with me and i literally wrote that down i just wanted to just applaud you for having that mindset and attitude because i think uh, for, I'll speak for myself. Sometimes I've gone to the extreme of like, it can only be this one thing. And, and that's all I'm going to focus on. You know, I don't know if you yeah. can relate to that, you know, yeah. versus now that I'm older, it's like, yo, you know, I can have multiple tools. It doesn't mean I need to be using them all in my hand at once, yeah. <laughs> you know, but when it calls for it, Hey, you know, compassionate tool, let's use that one, you know? assertive tool let's use that one you know and so forth and so on so i don't know you you were giggling chris you want to speak to that 
No, it's yeah, you you nailed it. It's I think that maybe through age that that wisdom kind of reveals itself, right? Like, and I think also like um, there's a control aspect. So when I listen to you say that too, like we want this is there, you got to go this way. This is the only way you can do it. Or you know this, I know this. It's like everyone's also going to handle a little bit different. And I think as long as the um, what's the word I want to look for here, it's we're just along the way doing the best we can with what we've been given. And we're all just, you know what I mean? Just showing up and being authentic, I guess. And that, in that regard of somebody else's experience, while I might have the answer, we've gone through it. It's for them to kind of, you know what I mean? Kind of navigate how they want to. So hopefully we can provide space for them to get curious about whatever it is that they want to talk about. Right. So I guess that's, you know, just, just with that too. So no, I, yeah, I was good. Cause I love, I love that you know, so much of what you guys do. And, and I think that that's been such a, a cool part about just this clubhouse uh, experience so far for me was just being able to enter these spaces. And I think frankly, not having like a camera there even makes it more comfortable for some people, because there are some people like I've never, they'll tell you, I've never said this out loud and you get to be a part of it. Like you get to actually be like, Oh my God, you know, like th- this is an incredible opportunity that this person is, you know what I mean? Like they're speaking about something that they've been holding on to and, and you know how freeing that is not only for yourself, but then once you, you know, somebody else, cause that just might be the, the, the inspiration or motivation that they need to say, you know what, I can talk about that too, you know, because this person did. Right. And I think that's what I love about this, this whole, just talking about mental health and, and, and operating in these spaces is just getting conversations going. So, yeah. I love that, man. And I think that is like, you know, clubhouse is it's, it's new, right? I'm not a, I'm not a expert here. How, how long has it been around for Christopher? One, I think they had the, what the one year uh, was just literally last week. I think of it. And again, it was only, you know, invite only like high tech entrepreneur, like the Silicon Valley people for the first, you know, I forget how yeah. many months. And then finally you start to see people like, you know, late 2020 start to get more and more of these invites out. And from what I understand yeah. in the next four weeks, it'll finally be over to Android now too. Cause again, it's still only invite only, and it's still only on iOS phones. And yeah. Android, I forget, I don't want to butcher this number, but let me just put it this way. It's like two to one, how many Androids there are. To, and that's a low ball number than there are to iPhone. So I think you're going to get an even bigger audience now. And then once the, anybody yeah. can just get on there, cause again, it's just invite only. Then I think you're just going to get, it's just going to, blow up and I think it's going to be big surge. Yeah. Yeah. What are some, what are some topics uh, on mental health and you so far that you feel like um, has done really well? And when I, when I say really well, I mean like it was much needed, like after the conversation ended, you're like, Whoa, that topic needed to happen, needed to happen. That's uh, I would, I would be, I have to give all credit to, to Simone Lachey because she runs the most rooms on there and she's doing support rooms when it comes to like PTSD, bipolar rooms where we've got like post postpartum rooms. I mean, we've got some rooms that are, and I know my lane here, fellas, if I can. And, and there's certain rooms I'm like, Hey, I'm not even, a, I'm just equipped to listen. I'm not equipped to even be on that stage. And so, so that's the one thing I want to just give full again. I stay in my lane. I, I call this all the time. I said, I, I tend to run more of the cheerleading rooms, more of the attitudes, gratitude, more of the, let's just kind of a little bit lighter be, because I think that's kind of where I can operate at my best. That being said on, on Wednesdays, I, I, I'm fortunate to do a room with a gentleman in the UK and, and he's got a very extensive background in these. So he tends to bring in mental health 
topics, like for example, this last week we talked about what is a thought, not what is your thoughts, what is it, just what is a thought, and how deep we can dive into what is a thought. And and so there's some very deep conversations that get into like discussion, and then we have some of these support room type of discussions. So that's so it's kind of hard to answer that question, Andy, because there's so many different ways we can bring what I continue to say is like value to the audience or to people. And so the, I don't like the there's so much we could do. And then on the sobriety club, the same thing, the sobriety club, I'll tell you what, the sobriety club, we had one this week that was awesome. I, so I came up with the topic. I said, what is your why? Why, why do you do what's your why, but you got to do it in three minutes or less. Cause if I was to ask either of you about your why it, we could, you know, we could talk for an hour and just three of us in each at least. Right. So I said, all right, so why are you sober today? Or why are you sober curious? That's something that Clubhouse is allowed to. People that are sober curious now can participate in a room where like in AA, you're not going to show up and be like, I'm sober curious. That's a whole other conversation in itself. Now you can. And so I said, so why? What is your, what is, you know, what is your why of why you're staying sober today or why you're working a program or why maybe you're sober curious? Tell me your why in three minutes or less. That got that discussion flowing. And I mean, we couldn't have enough people that could come up and, you know, just share in three minutes or less. And the energy was so real there. So that's off the top of my head of something that just flowed. But every, I mean, that's every day. That's why I love it. Um, Cause there's so many different flavors and, and personalities that, that you get. So, yeah. You know. Dude, that's so good. And like, as I'm listening to you talk, all I can hear in my head is like, yo, you're just bringing awareness, just bringing awareness, you know, and bringing it up to the forefront. Hey, let's put a spotlight. And you said it earlier, can we get you curious? And that's something Andy and I try to do all the time. Like if we can get you curious, you will then take the ball and run with it. You know, like I don't want to have to force you to do anything. But with that question, if I can get you curious and that sparked and you got a willingness, hey, man, like, here we go. Right. Like, let's see how deep the rabbit hole goes. And so like all the power to you, dude, like if I had a hat on, I'd take it off. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. It's that's it. That's all. That's that's why I'm grateful for the opportunity, because, again, I only I'm not a medical professional. I can say I'm a mental health advocate. I can share my recovery story and journey, but I'm not afraid to enter those spaces or to at least say, you know, more than I do. Let me help you put a room on so that you can talk about this. Let me sit to the side. Let's use this platform to just allow others to learn uh, or, you know, get curious. That's it. Just let's get let's get curious. So thank you. Yeah. So 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 I want to say, too, like. I'll go first, then you go, Nuke. Okay, cool. I just want to say, like, we got a room coming up. You know, I want to thank you for that opportunity. Uh, you know, mid-April here, it's going it's to come up really quickly, and the room is going to be around men's mental health. It's perfect segue into, into our opportunity that we have coming up with you guys. So thank you. Gratitude, you know. I'm grateful for you both. We couldn't do that. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So plug for you both. I couldn't believe that, you know, that again, just, I'm very fortunate that, that you, you know, you have the time to be able to do this with us. And I can't thank you both enough for just being able to be here to do it. I can't say how excited I am, you know, to, to get this thing going. And I just, I, 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 and every time, you know, you do a room, we learn, right. So we learn from the first time we did this room together. Okay. What worked, what didn't. So that's why I get so excited for this process because yeah, every time we do one of these, we realize, okay, how, you know, that's just it. It's just this process. And then it's getting, again, if one person, just one person is affected in a, in a positive way, or they got curious or they can, then we're doing our, you know, we're doing the job, you know, and, and that's what I'm 
I'm, that's what I'm all there for. So it's really cool. And I'm really excited to meet and to, to have you both, you know, um, go down this, uh, down this kind of path with us, you know, and help us curate these, these men's health, uh, mental health rooms. So thank you. Yeah, bro. Like I need to blast you here with some love, Chris, because, uh, one, just a testament to like your masculinity, how you show up as a man and just, it's some king shit, man. And like, I've, like I told you when we first met one on like one V one on clubhouse, like it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when, you know, and it's just, it's amazing to now be sitting here, having you on our podcast, having a clubhouse pending here. And it's just like, dude, like just, I'm glad you've gone through what you've gone through because it's led to this sitting here in 2021, you know, and, and, and it just tells me like the work is always ongoing, Mm -hmm. you know, and there are men that are willing to do the work that are willing to show up. And so I just, again, just want to blast you with love and be like, man, like keep keeping on and keep doing the work. And if for whatever reason it ever crosses your mind that like, am I doing enough? Am I impacting the people I need to impact brother? You are, you know, you've impacted myself. I know I can speak to Andy because if that wasn't the case, we wouldn't be having this conversation, brother. So nothing but love and respect for you. And literally let's, let's see how deep this rabbit hole goes. Right. Let's, I can't wait. Yeah. I, I just, uh, it's the power of social media. Sometimes people will say, Oh, it's just the power and the positive of social media without explaining it. I mean, here we go from, you know, one DM and Simone saying here, let's, you know, to these full on conversations, let's just, let's get deep. Let's see how deep that rabbit hole goes. And uh, I, I can't thank you enough for the kind words. And I, you know, for both of you for really doing what you do, it inspires me uh, very, very much. What, what you guys are doing, what King of Hearts is doing sincerely inspires me. And I've shared that with other people as well. So it's, it's truly my pleasure to start this, you know, relationship and our friendships here together. And uh, yeah, I'm grateful for you because if it wasn't for the work you're doing, it wouldn't give me even the confidence to even talk about these things, you know, because you've, you've been doing it and uh, all. Yeah. Thank you. Just thank you both. So we're, uh, we're getting close to the, the hour mark. We'd love to just begin to, to, cl- to close. And, you know, Yunuko and I, we, we always love to ask our guests on the podcast, um, if there's anything else on their heart around the, the topics that came up today and the discussion, the, the conversation that you feel like you need to share to, to feel complete about, about um, our time together. Mm-hmm. Is there a message? Is there anything you want to transmit? I see. That's good. Uh, I, I, I feel again, just being with you both and just being here and being present. I mean, I, I, just give as authentically as I can. The only thing I guess I would just say to try to double down on again is, is, is just the words of wisdom was just that gratitude and resentment can't live in the same place. And that yeah. we wouldn't be here today. Um, if it's sometimes not for those hard, those hard, there's hard seasons, there's things that don't feel good. There's things that are uncomfortable, but I think if you can get curious, you can put one foot in front of the other and you can find community and people that can help you get through those things. Um, you know, it, it's a beautiful thing when you start to step towards, you know, for me, even speaking, just learning to love and accept myself, being able to simply talk 
about these emotions or what I've been through and share that with mm-hmm. others. And I would just encourage anyone else just to do the same. It's just to, to get vulnerable. Um, you know, and if, if the people that you're being vulnerable with, I guess, uh, don't make you feel good about that, then it might be time to reassess who those people are. You know, that's all I would say too. And I don't know if that's appropriate or not to say, but it's, um, you know, if you can't be yourself and speak about things that really are, are close to your heart, um, then again, I think you need to find the right people that, that allow you to be able to do that. Uh, cause I just know how empowering it is. And, um, you know, that's why I'm really super grateful yeah. for you both. So yeah, thank you. Yeah. I feel called to ask you one last question. Um, and that question would be if someone, if, uh, if someone came knocking on your door, uh, tomorrow and they were struggling with the exact same thing that you struggled with when you were in your twenties, what's one question, what's one question you would ask them to help offer them clarity that they can ask themselves? Man, um, I'm going deep, man. No, that's good. I know it's good. I got, you know, it's going to occur to me like at three 30 in the afternoon, what that question would be. Like, ah! But that's the beautiful part about the podcast is you got to have it right now. If someone was to literally knock on my door right now, as I look over and knock on my door and struggling, I would simply just say, you're not broken. I love you for who you and where you are right now today. And if you want to do this thing, you know, it's, You've got everything you need within you, you know, in terms of, you know, um, being able to navigate what that is now with help, of course, you know, I can't do it alone, but just to, to let them know that, you know, that they're loved, that they're not broken, that, um, I don't even know if that makes sense. Like I just, I would want to put my arms around that person and give them a hug, you know, first off and just simply say, thank you for even talking about, it, or just, you know, sharing whatever was, um, uh, that that was troubling them. And then to, uh, just, just provide space to try to listen to them. If that makes any sense, that's what I would do. If you just showed up my door right now, Andy, I would come in, give you a glass of water, sit you down, give you a hug and say, let's stay. If you want to talk about it, probably listen it. to them. And that's it, it, man. man. And just see how I can serve them. I mean, because I don't have all the answers. And maybe that's just, I don't have, I only know what I know. If I could be a resource, then I'd be the resource. But I promise you, um, I would find or help them find whatever it is that they really needed. So that's, that's what I would do. Um, yeah. And that's, yeah, that's I hope that. Man. Yeah, that's what I would it, do. It, it was a complex question that did not need a complex answer. And you offered a beautiful, yeah. uh, you offered beautiful simplicity. So I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's cool to listen to you talk, Chris, because it just, you come from a place of like compassion and just a willingness to hold space. And I think that's a beautiful sign of what, a, of what manhood looks like to me. Mm. So I just, I just want to echo that back to you, man. Like don't lose that trait. I think that's beautiful. And, um, yeah, man, that's all I got. So thank you. Thank you. thank you. Thank you both. I really do appreciate it. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for spending this past hour with us on the Kings of Hearts podcast. You know, I feel like this is not going to be the last, this is the first, it's not going to be the last, you know, part two sometime in the future. But thank you again I would love for your that. vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for your vulnerability. Thank you for your story. Thank you for showing up, not just for us, not just for you, but for, for the community, man, for the world. So bless you. Thank you. Bless you both. I very much has been my pleasure today. And uh, I just can't thank you both enough for what you do and King of Hearts does as well. So, and I look forward 
to our men's uh, our men's group here, our men's room here coming up in a couple of weeks too on the mental health news. So thank you. Awesome. We'll see you there. Right. Bye. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Thanks for making time to listen to the King of Hearts podcast. We hope you found something meaningful and impactful in today's dialogue. This conversation with us ends here. However, the conversation with you and your community also starts here. Follow us on Instagram at thekingsof.hearts for everything King of Hearts. And our website is www.kingshearts.com. Until we meet again, be well. Thank you.